The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. On December 27, 1892, Livingstone and Biddle College, now known as Johnson C. Smith University, played in Salisbury, North Carolina, with Biddle winning 5-0. Over time, HBCU football has evolved. HBCU football's popularity continues to rise. Millions attend games each year and millions more watch on television. The HBCU bands provide some of the top entertainment in the country. Over that time, some of the best players to ever play in the National Football League played at HBCUs. Every Monday through Friday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, national radio and television host Donald Ware takes a look at what's happening in HBCU football and talks with coaches, players, administrators, and media about the season. Make sure you join the conversation on social media now. Here's your host, Donald Ware. You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Thursday, October 19th. I'm Donald Ware. We're... You know, we're sort of trying to transition uh, to week eight in HBCU uh, football, but we keep having all these great guests, so we're not quite able to do that. As we continue here, we're joined by a gentleman in his second season as the head football coach at Alabama State. Big win for the Hornets, as a matter of fact, uh, against Jackson State during Jackson State's homecoming this past Saturday, a bye week as the Hornets, the Alabama State community, prepares for that Magic City Classic in, uh, not this Saturday, but next Saturday in Birmingham against Alabama A&M. The legendary Eddie Robinson Jr. joins us here on the program. What's going on, Coach Robinson? Oh, man, everything's going good. You know, it's uh, it's hard to get wins in the SWAC, and so every week that you get a W, you appreciate it. Like you said, it was the tough, hard-fought game down there in uh, Jackson, and Coach Taylor had those guys ready ready to play, and we were just able to make one more play at the end of the game. You did. I mean, literally, I'll get to that. But your overall thoughts on the game and your team's victory? Well, uh, tough game. I mean, they have a lot of talented guys on offense. And so uh, we just had to keep playing uh, week after week. And I mean, in the same way with this one, every every game, every game was big and uh, every play in this game was a huge play. And we had a couple of turnovers. A couple of them were timely when they were deep in the red zone. So that helped us out. Our guys were very physical on defense. And that's really what we're trying to trying to stamp on the program and and uh, the swarm is one was really when I first came up with it was more talking about how I wanted the defense to play I wanted the defense to swarm together and, and just be an attacking style defense and then it just kind of expanded to swarm as one with the whole university and the whole community and, and the whole city of Montgomery so it kind of worked out but that initial swarm as one was about our defense and I thought this game we really swarmed as a, as a group uh, just playing really tough physical defense. Yeah, speak uh, speak to it. You're trying to preserve that victory. I mentioned 24 to 19. You had gone up uh, 24 to 16. So it was still a one possession game with the two point yep. conversion. But your defense stepped up. Jackson State, one more possession on your 28. You were able to thwart that drive and preserve the victory. Talk about it. 
Yeah, I mean, we had the, we had the game seemingly under control, and uh, they had the punt. We had a three and out, so we were up by 11 points. So you feel at that time with six minutes left, you know, worst case scenario, we can, you know, run the ball three times and, and work the clock, make them use their timeouts. We had an unfortunate penalty. One of our young guys, you know, roughed the, the long snapper, a uh, mistake that we have to correct. So it gave them a chance to drive down. And uh, we made a great made a great play of uh, collecting that onside kick. So that made it a one possession game. You know, so in, in the middle of that, you know, we had a true freshman that made a big play on the goal line when they went for a two-point play. So that was huge on our part to see some of our young guys step up and make those plays. So it was truly a team effort. Everybody had to step up, and it went down to the last play of the game. I think it was one second on the clock when they threw the play from the 25-yard line. So uh, as as we saw this past week in college football, a tip here, a tip there, you know, that game could have swung the other way, and, and both teams were deserving of the victory, and we were just able to do um, a little bit more in order to get the W. Yeah, speak to that a little bit because, I mean, if I look at the numbers, you had 241 yards of total offense. The quarterback for Jack State had 228 in of himself. At the end of the day, however, you got um, the victory. You mentioned the defense, but the offense did enough for you all to uh, to get that victory. Yeah, I thought our offense did a great job of, um, you know, realizing that we had a lot of short fields. I mean, the turnovers are really key. Had some great jobs uh, with our punt return guy. Um, he's playing extremely well right now. And so um, from that standpoint, you know, the offense did enough in the first half. We were up 10-0. Uh, we got in the red zone one time and didn't come away with any points. That's one thing that we're always trying to focus on. You know, end every drive with a kick, whether it's a, a punt, PAT, or field goal. And so uh, still had two big interceptions that Jackson State had, and quarterback made mistakes on those. But I, I think overall, if you look at the stats, you say, wow, you know, Alabama State didn't play that well. But I think if you really understand, you know, those last couple drives, you know, they had the ball probably the last – eight minutes of the game just because they're in a more of a, you know, hurry up mode trying to score and we're in the prevent defense. And then also, you know, once we got the uh, onside kick, you know, we're trying to work the clock. So we go three runs and have to punt again. So we were kind of more in, Hey, let's try to get out there with the win. And they were trying to play a catch up. So I think it kind of skewed the stats a little bit, but I think it was two evenly matched teams. You know, both teams played extremely well, you know, their strength is their offense. Our strength is our defense. So that's, that was the big part of the game, and I think that's that's what really uh, won us the game, the way the defense played in the end. Eddie Robinson Jr. in his second season as the head football coach at Alabama State. The Hornets currently ranked number nine uh, in the HBCU coaches poll as he joins us here uh, on the program. I got to tell you, you know, that, that win to start the season against Southern, you know, really, really big, but then three straight tough uh, losses speak to – you know, sort of those losses and how you, what kind of adjustments you and your staff made, uh, the players, et cetera, to kind of come out of that. You've won your last two ball games. Yeah, I mean, it was tough. I mean, we had a tough stretch. You know, we had that that big win against Southern, so everybody's like moving along. Uh, just a, a really tough loss against Miles playing at home. Uh, great credit to those guys. They played extremely well. But at the end of the day, it was really tough for us. And then um, after that, uh, had the bye week, so it was a, a long bye week. You know, after a loss to Miles at home, uh, going down to FAMU, a game where we were driving to try to tie the game up. Uh, quarterback makes a mistake with a pick six, and now we're down 14. And then um, and after that, we we come back uh, to Alcorn at home, and that's a game that we're, you know, up by I think three points, and we're, you know, driving down. We're on a 10 yard line. We're trying to run out the clock. 
a kid has a fumble and they did a great job of creating the fumble and then they come back tie the game up we go to overtime and we lose so I mean you're talking about after winning the first game and then three in a row that you lose is and, and two of them you felt like you you were right there and winning so it's just a tough stretch but the kids kept fighting you know they kept pushing I had a homecoming win against Bethune Cookman and then Jackson State puts us back at three and three and so now we're going into the classic on a high note which is good uh, not exactly where we want to be at this point in the season, but overall, I think we're learning a lot. We're learning how to be a championship team. You know, you got to build it brick by brick. Sometimes you want to skip steps, but unfortunately, you can't skip steps when you talk about building a championship team. So I think a lot of the things we went through this year, the adversity early on in the season, I think it'll help us in our next five games and hopefully it'll help us next year also. And uh, just just learning how to win, learning how to take control of a game, learning when those key moments are here when somebody has to make a big play. You know, for you, uh, let me let me stay there a little bit in terms of where the program mm-hmm. is your second year. Six and five last year, a solid year, winning year. I mean, is the program right now at three and three with a bye with Alabama A&M in the big game on the horizon? Did you foresee yourself being at this point, you know, sort of a year and a half into the program? Well, uh, to me, like you said, I'm I'm just like the fans. I want to skip steps. I I saw myself being six and zero right now. So, so we're we're going out trying to win every game. I I don't go into the season saying, ah, well, we're gonna win this one and lose that one. I think uh, you know, coaches and players, you know, we have that mentality of, hey, every time we line it up, we have a chance to win it. And even the three games that we lost, they were all you know last second plays, end of the games. It's just how football goes. But I think overall, kind of getting to your question. Uh, of where we are as a program, I think for us to win the East, for us to get into the SWAC championship race, you have to beat the teams at the top of our side of the division, and that's Jackson and FAM. So we lost to FAM this year, but we were able to beat Jackson. So that let us know that we're moving in the right direction. You know, the Magic City Classic with Alabama A&M, that's always a toss-up. You know, the records don't matter. It's a rival game. You just have to go out there and play. And we were fortunate enough to win it last year. So we know regardless of this has nothing to do with SWAC standings or records. It's just... Alabama State versus Alabama A&M. And so, but we know this is a game that we have to try to win if we want to really say that, hey, we're we're contenders to win the East and and that we can have a chance to win and play for a SWAC championship. You know, you're one of one of the greats to play in the SWAC. You're at your alma mater. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you played in the National Football League to your point. You you were doing um, you know, doing color commentary. What made you what made you decide to jump into that hot seat? Uh, to be the head football coach there at Alabama State. Yeah, sometimes you know, after that loss to Alcorn, I asked myself that same question. <laughs> I was like, so well, exactly why did you do this? But it's, I mean, I think to be honest with you, you know, a couple years ago, um, my head coach, Coach Markham, passed away. And uh, just talking to his his wife, uh, she was one of my teachers here uh, at Alabama State also, Mrs. Markham. And, uh, and the whole message of that funeral is how he made an impact um, on student athletes and how he, I mean, most of the time I can't go a day or two where I'm not, hey, because Markham always told us this. So he was he was such an impact on us as 18 and 19-year-olds, not just as a football coach, but he taught us so much about life. Um, I'm, I'm constantly saying the things that that he told me, I'm telling it to my team now. Uh, my son is on the team, so he's he's heard all of the Coach Markham stories, but just a great man. And so to me, when you have a, an opportunity to make an impact on the lives of young men, I don't think you can turn away from it or shy away from it. And so... Yeah, you know, I could have I could have kept it comfortable and been on the couch and been a critic and be a you know commentator where basically I'm getting paid to give my opinions. I can never be wrong. And so now, hey, you got to go out there and 
and and kind of put it on display in front of the general public. And of course, you're going to make some mistakes. You're going to lose some games. You know, you're going to have to put up with the criticism of how you should have done it, what you could have done right and wrong. But that's part of it. So I mean, I I'd rather go through life saying I, I tried and I failed than, than as opposed to go through life saying I never tried at all. And so that's why I'm here to get this team to a championship, to really get the school back to that point. And more importantly than that, to make an impact on the young men's lives. If I can you know, turn this group into the type of leaders that Coach Markham turned my group into, then at that point, it'll be a success. And that's, that's going way beyond us winning the SWAC championship or not. Eddie Robinson, Jr., the head football coach at Alabama State, joining us here on the program. How is it coaching your son? Man, that's a great experience. You know, I, I have five more games to coach him, and I, I thought about that just the other day. Um, you know, coached him last year and this year. And, of course, when, you know, Little League, growing up, always coached him, always been there mentoring him, talking to him and everything. But it's it's just been a great experience just watching him grow as a player. You know, you you find yourself – you know, I'm always watching the defense, of course, because, you know, the game's going on, so you're trying to figure out which player you need to correct. But then whenever he's in there, you find yourself watching him to make sure that – that he's doing his job and not letting the team down and, and having a chance to make a play. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's really fun. I, I think everybody who does it, I'm sure Coach Prime feels the same way. It's just a great feeling when you, you, you realize that all the things that I've told him over all those days, working out one-on-one, just me and him, and now he's out there doing it. And, uh, and when he does it well and does it right, you just get really excited. It just puts a big smile on your face uh, and just a, just a warm spot in your heart on the inside. Let me ask you this. You mentioned Coach Prime. I know – how is you all's relationship? I know you had a bit of a dust-up, you know, last year. So how is you all's relationship? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we haven't talked, but I, I, don't, I don't think he has any animosity towards me and, and definitely not the other way. Um, I'm rooting for him. I, mean, I, I want him to do well. I think Shador is definitely a you know, top-notch player. It, it's great to see that those guys, him and Travis Hunter, have come out to SWAC and now go into the Pac-12 and still play at a really high level. I think it goes to uh, goes to show how good the SWAC football is from a competitive standpoint. I think, you know, we did a better job of stopping them than some of the Pac-12 teams did. So uh, I think uh, it's, it's, it's great for HBCU, great for the SWAC conference that they're up there and doing a great job. And you just, you know, whenever you see uh, African-American coaches who are coaching in the Power 5 levels and are doing well, then we all have to celebrate that because it'll give more opportunities for other coaches to do the same thing. Yeah, what do you – and I know you're you're happy. I'm not suggesting anything. I know you're happy where you are. But, I mean, I would I would say this. You know, you look at what Willie Jeffries did as the first um, HBCU grad to be um, a head football coach at the FBS level. Now you're looking at Charles Huff, Hampton grad, who's a, a, a head coach at uh, Marshall. That's it. In the history of college football, that's it. I mean, what what needs to happen, you know, like for more HBCU alums to be head coaches – at the FBS level? Yeah, and that's that's a good question. I think they just have to give us an opportunity. I mean, some coaches, that's their dream, and if that's what they want to do, I think that they should definitely be able to, you know, if if you can win with the limited resources at the HBCU level, with all the things you have to do from a micromanager standpoint, and that just uh, you don't have as much staffing. And so what happens at a lot of the bigger schools, and you know, I always say bigger, not better, is that they have they outstaff us. And so they just have more analysts. They have more you know, position coaches. You have more people in the front office. You have more compliance people. You have more trainers. You have more strength coaches. So as, as opposed to me, I may have 15 to 20 eyes watching 120 guys. You know, They have 30 or 40 eyes watching 120 guys. So obviously you're going to get a better product just because you have more people watching it. 
And so more people supervising it. And so the message can kind of be delivered a little bit better. But that doesn't make you make you a better coach. But actually with us, you know, we're doing more with less, you know, kind of kind of like Coach Eddie Robinson used to say, hey, I've, I've done so much for so long with so little, they expect me to do everything with absolutely nothing. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> so if, you, if you can coach at this level and be successful, there's no doubt you can move to the FBS level and do a great job. A couple of more thoughts with Eddie, Eddie Robinson, Jr., the head football coach at Alabama State. Coach Robinson, we appreciate the time. What do you remember most about your days um, playing uh, at your alma mater, Alabama State? I mean, probably one of my, my biggest, I was just telling the guys that the other day, you know, we have a, a really cool trophy with the Magic City Classic. They didn't have that when I was here and it has the date of every Magic City Classic that was played. So I'm just telling them that, you know, I played in the 50th Magic City Classic. I think they're, I'm going to find out, I think it's like at number 87. So I was joking with the kids like, yeah, I hope to be here for the 100th and the 100th Magic City Classic. And, and so when I walk out there, you know, all that type. So we had a whole little thing talking about it. But to me, the Mad City Classic is probably my favorite game. So I, I really look forward to this game. And like I told them, I went to the years when I actually played in the Classic and let them know, hey, I won three out of four years when I played in the Mad City Classic. And my last year, uh, we won 59 to 13, which was one of the biggest margins of victory. And just remembering, you know, in 91, just sitting on the field with all my guys in the full quarter, like it's obviously we're going to win the game. The game's out of reach. And just really enjoying that moment, realizing that's my last Magic City Classic. And that was just a great feeling. And so I want my kids to feel that same way of just, you know, winning that football game. It's a, it's a great game to win. And I lost one as a player, too. And I told them how much it hurt to lose it in my second year. But uh, a lot of played in a lot of great games at Alabama State. But, I mean, to me, man, that I don't know if you've been before, but that Magic City Classic is just, is just different. And I think uh, both sides – play really hard. Both schools get up for it. It's just a great rivalry. And uh, we do so much in the state of Alabama, Alabama State and Alabama A&M. So we support each other. But for this one day, I mean, we are really sworn enemies that last Saturday in October. Yeah. And I, I love some of the storylines, two former great HBCU players, one, a, you know, linebacker, you know, Connell Maynard was a quarterback. So, I mean, he got so many different storylines um, with that game. Lastly, as a you know former second round pick, a, a good uh, NFL career, uh, part of uh, with the Titans that Super Bowl um, game. Steve McNair was your you know your teammate. Yep. Um, what do you remember most about your days in the league? Well, to, to be honest with you, a lot of it was uh, just playing with the guys in the swag. You know, uh, you know, Coach uh, James Williams, who's on my staff here, was one of the guys that I love playing with. Uh, played with Steve McNair, like you said. Those Titans teams, we just had a really tenacious defense. And then that was just so much fun, you know, playing with a, with a defense. And we were a bunch of bullies once we got it going. And so I think that was the fun part of it. You know, the playoff wins are big, you know. That Music City Miracle was a was a huge game. Uh, Love that game. You know, playing in the Super Bowl, that type of stuff. But it's just, I think the NFL, most guys will tell you, it's the camaraderie in the locker room. It's like those friendships that you have um, outside of when when eighty thousand people are cheering. Just those funny moments that go on in the locker room because you know we're there all day. You get to work at six in the morning, you leave about six in the evening, and so it's a grind. And so everything is just really geared towards winning that football game. You put so much into it in your heart. And uh, those those playoff wins and those playoff losses mean a whole lot. And I think that's the the, the finality of losing a, a playoff game. Like I lost the uh, AFC Championship game up in New England when I was with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so you're, you're all geared towards we're going to the Super Bowl and all of a sudden it's just like 
they pull a plug on them. So it's, it's it's something that you can never forget. But at the same time, you know, winning in the playoffs and getting to the Super Bowl. So I just have a lot of fond memories. I tell people it's a great way to make a living. If you can do it, do it for as long as you can. But uh, and I wish everybody on our team could experience it at least a little bit. Yeah, you did it for a good little while and did it well during your time in the league with one, two, three, four teams. Eddie Robinson, Jr., of course, the head football coach at Alabama State, joining us here on the program, a bye week this week for Alabama State. But next week's that big Magic City Classic against Alabama A&M in Birmingham. Coach Robinson, appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Hornets. Absolutely. And I appreciate all you're doing to cover the HBCUs and uh, keep it up. You're doing a great job. We hope you enjoy this episode of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can watch on our YouTube page on YouTube at HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget to get your HBCU football fix on Box to Row with Donald Ware each weekend on a radio station near you and on Sirius XM on the HBCU channel, channel 142 and on ESPNU radio on Sirius XM. Channel 84. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest in HBCU football. And don't forget to tell a friend.